Ray's body in the woods. He was, uh, he was skinned alive. I think it's got something to do with Buddy and his kid disappearing? I think this kind of thing doesn't happen here. He told his wife? Sheriff, we have a report of a small gas explosion in the sewer under 16th. Do you copy? Roger, dispatch, notify the fire department. I'll meet him there. Right away, Sheriff. Dispatch out. You want some help? I don't know, Dallas. Come on. I'll ride in the back. Welcome to Screen Run. I'm the Lady Juan, and I'm here with... Chris Scalzo. Screen Run is the podcast where Chris and I discuss the works of a particular artist or franchise. In season two, we're discussing the Alien films one by one. And in today's show, we're going to be talking about Aliens versus Predator, Requiem. But before we dive into this movie, I'm so excited to be joined by Claire from W-Rated. Hi, Claire. Hello. Hi. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Th- thank you for watching this movie. Uh, <laughs> thank you for your service. Can you tell us and our lovely audience a little bit about your personal history with the Alien films and AVPR in particular? Yeah, so I watched the first Alien film three years ago after I broke up with my boyfriend (laughs) and was like, I want to watch a scary movie for Halloween. And so I watched Alien and then I had never watched any of the others. And then you reached out and asked if I would like to come on the show. So (laughs) I always prepared. I went down to my local secondhand DVD shop and bought the eight film box set. That Aliens, Aliens, Predator 1, Predator 2, um, Alien 3-4 and then the two AVPs. Um, And over the last two weeks, I have watched all of them. Oh my god. Um it's been a ride. It's been interesting to go on the very sad slow dip of the roller coaster that never comes back up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, you know, it cost me five pounds and I've got to experience eight films. Yeah. So let me ask well, you, five pounds, is that about what? Is that like eighty dollars? I'm not quite sure what the exchange rate <laughs> on that is. It's... Um that's probably like three dollars, somewhere between three okay. and ten dollars. Like, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. And yeah. I'm curious though. I, as I'm not as familiar, Claire, and I, I hate to disrupt everything right off the bat. What is your show all about? So my show, W-Rated, is about the worst rated movies. Um, so when I then went and got the box set, I tweeted out that I bought it. And a few people were like, oh my God, are you doing Alien vs. Predator Requiem for your podcast? And I was like, no, I'm doing it for someone else's podcast. Why? Is it a bad film? And then I was like, oh, this is why I was invited. Because apparently I'm now the bad film oracle. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Well, you know what? We because you're so thorough, I feel like we mm. gave you the gift of mm. seeing some other movies that are much better than this. You you did. Um, <laughs> it's been it's been a ride. Um yeah. I did a bit like yourself one. I did only the theatrical. Mm-hmm. I'm like in a few years, I'm not gonna get rid of the box set. In a few mm-hmm. years I'm gonna go back and do all directors and see if I get anything new from it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, oh my God, there's so many versions of every mm-hmm. single one of these movies. Mm. It's, I, I too, for this episode, I just did the theatrical because I wanted to know, like, just what was that nonsense yeah. in particular? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, which version did you watch or did you watch them all because you're dedicated? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did both. I watched yeah. rated <laughs> and um, unrated. And we'll, um, I'll have, I have thoughts on that. Good. Which, well, I guess Thank we're here to talk about. 
Yeah. I already watched eight films. I didn't want to have to do 16. <laughs> so I, I stopped to just the, just the standard. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. The dedication. Whew. I feel like I'm part of the zeitgeist now. Only, you know, 30 years late. Yeah. I feel like I can be in the discourse. Yeah. That, that's how I felt. I had only seen the first two, Alien and Aliens, and then AVP. Those were the only ones I saw until we started the show. So I was coming to them very late with a lot of thoughts. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) yeah, highs and lows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Chris, when did you first see AVPR? Because I refuse to say all of those words every time. I have no memory of seeing this in the theater. So it's very likely I didn't. I think yeah. I may have rented it at some point in my mm-hmm. life. I know I've never owned a copy of it up until we were started talking about doing this show. I yeah. got a sweet, sweet set of AVP and Requiem for like eight bucks off of Amazon, which included the unrated cuts on the Blu-ray. So oh, I, was, yeah. I said, you know what? Why don't you just pull the trigger and then I can look at some of the go. special features, watch both versions, blah, blah, blah. But I have like no memory. I, I remember not liking it when I saw... <laughs> It originally, and I'd only previously seen the theatrical version. And it is considered to be the worst in the franchise. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. coming into this, I'm like, <laughs> I was prepared to just have an absolute nightmare of a time, particularly watching two versions of a film that is supposed to be, <laughs> as you said, the worst in the entire franchise. <laughs> so I was not anticip- looking forward to this at all. <laughs> uh, I don't remember this movie existing. Like, I, I don't even remember thing, it coming out. Yeah, you wiped it I, from your memory? That's probably a smart thing to do. Honestly, I think I saw, which we talked about last episode, I think I saw AVP uh, probably around like 2006 mm-hmm. and thought it was great. So I I'm still struggling know. with that. <laughs> I, I love that movie. I don't care. struggling with I, your affection for Alien Restrator. I love it. I love wow. it. I love it. I know. I'm the only one. I love it then. Uh. So I don't know why I didn't see this in 2007. Like, what else was I doing? I know, especially if, if the first one is like your Citizen Kane. I can't imagine. <laughs> don't you wouldn't then watch it's a direct mouth. sequel. It starts off basically, what, seconds after the prior one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's my Citizen Kane. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I had never seen this until preparation for this show. And it broke my television. Oh. Like. Seriously, the last thing I was doing was watching, starting this movie up on Tubi for like the second time. And it just turned off. And my TV was like, check your connections. And I have unplugged everything and replugged it all in. I've reset my router. I've turned off my TV. Do I've done everything. It heard that you liked Alien vs. Predators <laughs> and it was asking you to check the connections of your brain. Yeah, like it was be. trying to be like a bit of self help. It could be. It was like, girl, what are you doing? Do not watch this again. What's yeah. wrong with you? But so yeah, I broke my it broke my TV. I think it burned out my fire stick. And uh truly I, I haven't been able to watch anything since that. So wow. Yeah, I'm holding this movie responsible. So imagine saying the last movie I ever watched was AVPR. <laughs> <laughs> what a, oh, what a treasure. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, I, was, I can't I can't believe it. It literally broke my TV, but it did. It did. Wow. That's that's where we are. So um, let me back up just a little bit and explain how we got this movie that I didn't know existed until just a couple years ago. Um, so like Chris said, this follows the 2004 Alien versus Predator immediately. 
it uh the first avp didn't get good reviews but it did make a ton of money and as we've established i liked it so the studio decided to move forward with a sequel i i assume that i had a lot to do with that um so avpr picks up immediately following avp recreating the scene in the predator ship where the pred alien chestburster comes out of our fallen hero and it did come out on Christmas Day, 2007. So should we ask again, is AVPR a Christmas movie? <laughs> I think so. The tagline is, this Christmas, there will be no peace on Earth. <laughs> oh, what a tagline. Oh, boy. Uh, well, it came out and received very bad reviews. It made $130 million worldwide against a $40 million production budget, but there were no further plans made for any more AVP sequels. And, and they ultimately, set it up. They do oh, yeah. set it up for a sequel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The um, so, so the gentleman responsible for this film, that would be the Brothers Strauss, uh, because they're apparently from the 1700s. And I loved how big they needed to make that at the end of the film. Like, yeah. how big did their names need to be? Oh, they're like, you want to know who did this? <laughs> we did this. They're Colin and Greg are very proud of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they set it up. They wanted to make another one. They're, so their background is they're special effects guys. And they loved Terminator. So they were like dreaming of Hollywood. And they came and worked on the X-Files movie. They started their own production company and they did the VFX for Volcano, Day After Tomorrow, Poseidon, and 300. And they started directing commercials and music videos. And they had their eyes on an AVP sequel. They pitched one to Fox. Fox didn't buy it. But eventually, this script came around and they got the gig because Fox wanted to make it on the cheap. And they knew that the brother Strauss had a special effects background. So... Fox just wanted to make sure that it would look good. Oh, the irony that they, they picked them to make sure it looked good. Um, How many times do you think the words we'll fix it in post was uttered <laughs> on the set of this film? Oh, that should have been the tagline for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, they basically used their entire special effects company working on this movie and they did do some on-camera work there are puppeteers for the aliens but this is a lot more cgi than any of the alien movies we've had in the past and the director of photography for this movie daniel pearl said he wanted to differentiate it from the first avp which he criticized for bright lighting uh he said that it revealed way too much of the creatures and that horror is better in the dark so he used handheld cameras and dimly lit sets like, and he's yeah. not wrong <laughs> but he did it wrong like yeah. his, his theory beautiful yeah his actual experiment wow mm. yeah yeah <sighs> oh my god watching this I felt like most of the movie I was watching myself in the reflection of my television. <laughs> so I, was like, I was having that problem what? because obviously the last couple of years I've watched so much at home and sometimes yeah. it's like bad TV or a bad copy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this time I don't feel like I'm the problem. <laughs> and I was like, I was trying to really give it the benefit of the doubt until I looked up the reviews afterwards. Yeah. I was like, oh no, no, I was not to blame. This time I can blame them. Yeah, And I'll tell you, I recently, as my big holiday gift to myself, I got an <laughs> uh, LG OLED television. Ooh. And this thing is 
gorgeous. It's the bright light. I mean, it's it's a beautiful television. I have like a top of the line UHD 4K player as well. That was like my big gift to myself. Um, I'm sure my wife's going to be very happy when she finds out. And, but even me, you know, with this top of the line TV, it's still almost impossible to make out sometimes what is happening on the screen. You're both right. It is entirely too dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically my stream of consciousness notes from watching this movie every other one is i can't see shit what's happening i can't see it what's like i i get generally what happened in this movie but not specifically because i can't see it like <laughs> see my mine were why is the color black palette so bland and then as it went on i was like oh it's because i can't see the colors maybe <laughs> maybe there were colors they're just not visible yeah but then uh. i also because i recently watched uh freddy versus jason for the first mm -hmm. time a couple of weeks ago and it struck me as the same thing that like why were naughty's horror films gray why was that the trend that all of the like horror films of that era were just like this weird silvery gray tone i i don't i don't know what their problem is <laughs> i mean I, usually that falls to like something was a big success so then they mm -hmm. just kind of run with that for a while probably until people get tired of it yeah. Oof. I just don't know. I don't remember what the triggering film was at that time that started. I couldn't tell. I don't know if it was like 13 Ghosts maybe or yeah. that, I think that had it. I think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot thing had that same kind of issue. That may have been mm -hmm. early aughts. I, I don't what know. Can we You're blame? entirely right though, Claire. You're entirely right. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, why is everything gray all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's ugh. it's so icky. It's uh, ugh. <laughs> yeah. So, so ge generally, I th I preemptively was ready to describe the plot of this film, and like I don't really have it. I I know I know kind of what happened, but like to say like then this person does this, I don't have that for you. Uh, it's just it's not in the cards. I don't know any character's name except for the little girl is Molly, um, because I feel like. Molly is a name that only exists in fiction. Like little girls in movies are named Molly, but like, have you guys ever known a Molly? I work with a Molly. Oh, okay, good. They're real. Good. I'm glad. But actually, most Mollies I've ever known have been cats. It's a really oh. good cat name. <laughs> it could My wife's be. grandmother was a Molly. Oh. Okay, that counts. Good. I'm glad Mollies are real because the only <laughs> Mollies I know are from TV and movies and books. The American Girl series. I was a Molly. <laughs> like, that was the one I d identified with because she had brown hair and glasses, and that's all it takes. <laughs> oh, that's my lifelong affiliation to Ariel from The Little Mermaid. It's yep. the same. Red hair, blue eyes. You're me. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? Representation matters, guys. There you go. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Uh, so let me just... I know I said I can't name anybody in this movie, but I can't. But I can give you the cardboard cutouts who are in the film which is little girl Molly, teenager from the wrong side of town, rich, pretty, popular girl, her asshole, violent boyfriend, uh, local, misunderstood bad boy coming back to redeem himself, and military veteran returning home. Oh, and also small town sheriff who just wants to do right, and uh, I guess pregnant waitress. And, <laughs> and don't forget one of my favorite cameo pop-ups is Rickety Cricket. Oh my God, that's him! The the pizza parlor supervisor manager guy is David Hornsby, oh. who is Cricket from It's Always Sunny. Yes. So I was very excited when I was like, wait a minute, is that Cricket? 
Oh my god! I wish he had is. been cricket in this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would have helped. <laughs> so that was a nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't even. The only person I recognized was the dad who mm. gets murdered by an alien because he was in True Blood. Uh, that was it. It's just Sam. That's it. That's all I got. Everybody I... else recognized the sheriff and i still haven't remembered where from oh no he's in silver lining's playbook i think i think he's the friend in silver lining's playbook and if not it's something else but he's he turns up in things but in really teeny tiny parts and it always scares me when those people turn up in like a lead role because i'm like oh no this is yeah this probably ain't going (laughs) yeah red flag he was in a couple fast and furious movies um he was in kong skull island uh bumblebee which I is a film I actually oh. like. I think is the only good Transformers movie. It is. It is good. I like so, the first one too. I know it has problems, but I thought the first one was fine. Yeah, but no, that John Ortiz is one of those guys. It just kind of pops up. He and is. Stuff he is a now. that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Um, and then I recognized um, Rico Aylesworth, who plays the soldier returning from war, because she was Nina Myers in Twenty Four. So Twenty Four lives forever in my heart, even though I <laughs> gave up after season five. That's fair. Is that the one where the daughter was fighting off the cougar? Which one was that one? No, that was season two, which was bad. But then season three was amazing. So then I watched season three, season four, season five, surprisingly good. And then I just stopped watching. It was like I went, I don't think they're going to get better. (laughs) Stopped. Quit while it was good. All right, we need to start a 24 podcast because I've never, I've watched one and a half seasons because that season two was so bad. I just gave up halfway. Season two was bad, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my brother got really into season three um, and my family computer was in his bedroom. So when I got computer time, he had TV time and he would just watch them all. And I'd be like, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm definitely on the computer. So it's still my time (laughs) just watching the TV. Love it. All the screens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um this movie, I need I need to just complain. All right. I don't <sighs> I want to be nice, like I want to say something positive, but I don't have anything positive, so I thought I would get like my major complaints first, like so I can I guess get get softer a little bit. Okay. So I'm going to say uh fuck this movie for having Whoa. the audacity yeah, to name a character Dallas after like how dare you how dare you um i rolled my eyes so hard at get to the chopper like <laughs> uh. get to the chopper <laughs> when you go when you have that and what you can start when you have this get to the chopper i mean which is just a cinematic classic to go from that get to the chopper I mean, the, the film is rife with homages, just like you said. You have Ugh. Dallas, you have Get to the Chopper. You're right. There's a ton of that in here. Yeah. But they're, they're all half-hearted. Like, if yes. you're going to do the chopper line, everyone's going to kind of roll their eyes or grin. So just go for it. Like, so hard. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And it, then we've got, like, mom and little brown-haired girl. Like, okay, I see it. I see Ripley and Newt. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You've done it. Uh, but, yeah, everything is just so... Yeah, half-assed. Like, mm. just where? Where's the effort? Where uh, is this even a movie? Like, oh. <laughs> I can't I mean, tell you how much. Who, uh, Sorry, Claire. Go ahead. 
No, if you say someone who watched a disaster movie this weekend, I can tell you this is a lot more of a movie than that. <laughs> so this does tick the box of at least it is a movie. Okay, good. <laughs> I feel after the debacle that was our AVP discussion, which is to hear you now upset about artistic merit in a film. <laughs> I'm not sure how yeah. I feel about that. I still love AVP. I will not apologize. Hmm. Sonal Latham's a badass at it. Can I drop my hot take that will really upset you then? Yes. Please do. I I thought this was better than Alien vs. I thought this was a better film. Only slightly, but this one edged it out for me. Interesting. Oh, no. So I think for me, the the one positive that I really found of this, I liked what it clearly wanted to do. It didn't achieve Mm. it, but I love Alien. I've Mm. liked as we've discovered over the last two weeks, I've watched them all. I've liked <laughs> the others, but Alien is still the only one I love. And it's because I like horror films. I'm not a big action fan. Mm. And I get what they did with Aliens, but then it was like every following film, they're like, no, we're an action franchise now. Mm-hmm. I liked that this film tried to bring it back to its horror roots, but unfortunately it went for that shitty, grey, noughties, teen horror film, and it didn't work. It doesn't yeah. vibe right. I liked that they tried because I was like, I would like the Alien franchise to go back to being a horror franchise. That's mm. what I loved about it. That's interesting. Yeah, I want to. I mean, I'm gonna I... note. I'm gonna check that, and I may come back to that a little bit later. So, Juan, <laughs> continue. <laughs> I I do definitely agree that this is much more of a horror movie than than any of the others since we've left Alien. It definitely feels like a straight to DVD horror movie from yeah. like the early 2000s, but it somehow has two of the most iconic creatures in film in it. Like, oh, ha- what? <laughs> like, it's so, it's so strange that the, those are the two vibes going on is like really shitty straight to DVD horror movie and just incredible creature design. I mean, like, eh, on the Pred Alien, I don't really love it. But, you know, anytime I see a regular old xenomorph, that's impressive. I so. couldn't really see the predators in this movie. Like, I know the whole point is they are kind of camouflaged and you don't see them that much. Yeah. But, like, I really, at times, was like, oh, there's a xenomorph. And then a lot of the times I was like, I don't know who that is. Is it, <laughs> is it a predator? Is, is it the alien? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I had trouble telling the predator and the Pred Alien apart. <laughs> Um, it really came down to are they fighting or not, and <laughs> that was it for me. Oh, it's up, Chris. I know you. I know you have some thoughts. No, I'm. I, I still want to focus. You said there's things that you didn't didn't like about it because I am. Oh well, those I'm are my raring two to main go on this in a minute. So no, go. <laughs> those are my top complaints. So so dive in. Give right. it to us. I want to here. I have one more clip here that I want to talk about. Just briefly. There's two things. All right. Well, first off, let's talk about one of the things I really couldn't stand about this film. First off, we did talk about how dark it is. Though I think I may have had a better viewing, better viewing experience with my, as I try and say it as unsnootily as possible, my high-end television. <laughs> but it was still very dark. But then the relationship, the romantic subplot is just horrible. You know, you look at me that same way in class. Yeah, well, uh... The clock's behind you. What? Tomorrow when you're in class, turn around. You'll see it. Yeah, I... I know that it's there, but... You both know that's not what you're looking at. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> so that was horrible. Yeah. And there's just one visual gag. I don't know if anybody caught where the place at some point, there's a sign that says Crusted Butte, which I think is like a play on Crusted Butt, which made me just... <laughs> No, I feel like that might be a real place. Yeah, it's Crested Butte. It's definitely real because that's where um, oh, is it Heidi a- Montag is from on the Thank hills. You. I was like, why do I have the knowledge ah. that that's a real place? That's, the that's where Heidi's from. That shows, you the level, Heidi's from. that shows you the level of my maturity that I read that it's crusted, not crested. <laughs> but here's I mean, the level of our maturity is a like what 15 year old MTV yeah. reality TV show. There, yes. there you go. And then, he, but here we go. Here's I just want to then briefly. This is from last week. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing, right? Frankenstein meets the Wolfman was like a million years ago. Movies have always been some bullshit. And it's okay if it's fun. (laughs) So it's fine. Not everything has to be like this meaningful, like sweeping emotional experience. Some movies are just fun. And I got a lot. I, I don't think I got a lot of flack for that, but I, I pushed back and I didn't agree because <laughs> I don't think AVP is fun at all. And in fact, if you're going to blow up your franchise, going with an alien versus predator and Robert of any artistic merit, you don't do a milk toast family friendly action movie like AVP is. You do what this movie does. Thank alien vs Predator like- Requiem, unrated, is a beautifully schlocky crap film this unrated i'm here's the thing you have to watch the unrated version of this film it is so violent it is so gory it is nihilistic so many people get slaughtered in this film this film doesn't care the characters they're so one-dimensional is because they're basically just meat they're there to be killed they in the opening of this first what 10 minutes they kill a kid all right i mean they don't look and they don't look back there is yeah. a lot of stuff that's cut from the theatrical version that robs this film of mm. its just meanness. And when I watched this unrated <laughs> version, Juan, Claire, I loved it. I had so much fun with this thing because it is so over-the-top violent. It is so over-the-top think- gory. There's a scene, I'll give you a perfect example, with Jesse, right? So spoilers, I guess, for a 20-year-old film. And the unrated, so she gets killed by a predator, by one of the shirkin spinning things, whatever. It basically pins her against a wall. And what happens though is that in the the uh, unrated version, her body separates, and you see her bottom half hit the ground, and it's all gross, and it's just the whole film has like beautifully disturbing moments like that in it. And I am telling you, man, you me on watching it again. Now it, you're well, selling it. Well. Claire, it brings it back to that horror route. This thing is mm-hmm. a relentlessly mean film. Now it's still stupid at times, <laughs> right? But it's schlocky and it's fun just by how in your face it is. And it fixes stuff. So, in the opening of this film, there there's a scout ship, but that's not the ship that's leaving Earth. It's the full kind of mother ship. So they fix that in the extended cut. They it makes more sense why our main predator, who um, shows up, Wolf, I guess is what he's called, he hmm. shows up just by himself, right? In the opening, they see in the theatrical version that there's like a predator. There's something bad mm-hmm. happening, right? That doesn't happen until like a half hour in. So he's just going to see what happened to the ship. He has no idea. 
So um, he finds the, the, the crashed ship, takes the helmet off of one of the other Predators, puts it on himself, and does a playback and sees what happened, which is what's shown in the opening of the film instead, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of little things, and the film actually now makes more sense. And it has this great scene where the alien's acid falls on this guy's face and it just melts it away and it the camera lingers on it. I know I'm starting to sound like a real big sicko. But, I mean, it, there is so much great stuff in that uh, unrated cut that it rescues the film for me. I still don't like the theatrical one at all, but I had a mm. lot of fun with this unrated cut. Much better. Because I made a note. I made a note of the violence. It's like, oh, I like the violence, but there's not much else, even just in the theatrical. So yeah, I'm totally sold now. My sad DVD <laughs> might get rewatched. It might not go. just sit in the back of the shelf. Yeah. Now, oh, damn it, Chris. Now I want to watch that version too because I was so confused about some things, like the part where Dallas blows that one alien's head off with like a predator shoulder cannon, and its head like flies up in the air and it's like spinning down, raining back down on him. I'm like, he should be covered in acid burns. Like he should be dying right now. And I was like, that would be so cool if this guy, like our quote unquote hero, Dallas finally like eats it right before oh, no, no, because he blew the head off no, that's still the same it's not him it's it's the bully kid who gets his face oh, melted by the acid oh all right which is good he was a douche a great effect <laughs> but no I, it yeah. still doesn't it still makes a lot of dumb decisions at times okay. it's just it's a much meaner film so I, I i enjoyed it a lot more i mean you have gore dead kids schlock let's go i am all in at that point hell yeah what uh what's is there any difference in the uh maternity ward stuff in the unrated version because again this is this is a small town that has a full maternity ward full of fresh babies every bed in the ward has a pregnant woman on it including a pregnant woman whose water just broke and yet Mm -hmm. she's already in the bed uh i don't know why that is except for it's obviously because a man wrote this but (laughs) Uh, is there a difference in that whole sequence? Because that seemed like they were going to put face huggers all over infants. No, I think there's maybe a stronger <laughs> implication that they slaughter all the 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 kid, all yeah. the infants, and everything. Uh, it's uh. a little. I think the scene runs a little longer. I'm trying to remember now, but no, I mean the impregnation. I think there's that's the thing too. How the Predalien impregnates people is another <laughs> viscerally disturbing uh, scene that really gets cranked up. But um, no, I don't. It's I think it runs another few seconds longer, but there's not as much there. No, but mm. I think there's maybe more implication in the unrated version. Ew, ew. <laughs> I don't. Ugh. I guess technically everybody dies, right? Though, because they nuke that town, so all those babies died anyway, didn't That's they? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I cool. think one thing I struggled with. I don't know how you feel about this, and I don't know how big a deal this is. Maybe just a big fandom thing. One of the things I struggled with is the fact that the Predator attacks people that don't attack it, which is kind of like against the rules of the Predator. Yeah. It only, you know, that's that's not what they're supposed to do. Um, also, why does he take the time to skin that guy alive? Which is, I think, it's just part of what the Predator did in the first film. But yeah, what's the he's point? He's got of a that? passion for skinning. <laughs> if it's your passion, you just gotta you gotta harness it when you have the time. No, that's a good I point. So. I didn't think about it that way. Mike. My- Thing with that though, you're right in the like the law of the predator, but it really annoyed me in the first AVP how quickly the predator was on her side. It was mm. just like, okay, human, we'll be buds now and we'll team up together, and that really <laughs> bugged me how quickly that happened. So in this one, I was like, ah, at least the predators have been a bit violent. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I wasn't super following what this predator's mission was because at first I was like, oh, he's here to clean up the alien mess because he's got like his blue jar of like alien eraser. And he was like, gonna, <laughs> like, apparently they have a like Windex for aliens. And so he's like pouring it on and they like disappear the aliens every time he does that. And I was like, okay, he's like the fixer guy. Like he's here to clean up this mess because, you know, that that's what we need to make sure is that aliens don't overrun this planet. But then it seemed like he was like, well, I guess while I'm here, I'm going to be a fucking predator and I'm just going to murder everybody <laughs> in my way. So I was slightly confused because predators seem like very like they have a code. Mm -hmm. They have like rules that they keep to. And this guy was like, I'm here to clean up this mess, but also I will murder everyone. So to that point, like if that's if he didn't care at all, why didn't he just drop a predator bomb and peace out? Like. I, the answer is because then there's no movie but right, yeah. it's like have him stick to some rules right yeah this film doesn't really know what rules are no <laughs> <laughs> there was no script continuity editor and like mm. there was no one on set no no i was reading some of the information about like the production of it and i was seeing that like so as I said before, like they're almost their entire special effects company was working on this one project, but they were also doing some work for 300, I think at the same time. And it was something about like, they use this program to check the dailies. And I was like, oh no, did they, did nobody check the dailies? <laughs> like, did they not know? It was completely dark until it was too late. And then they were just like, oh shit, I'm sure we can just throw a filter on this and fix it. And I'm like, no, no. There's yeah, that one scene where there's just green blood flowing on something. I don't know if it's the alien's blood or the predator's blood. I don't know what it's flowing on. I felt like I was in laser tag because I was like, all I could see is like bright green splashes of stuff. And I don't know what else is going on. See, have you ever seen the film Rollable, but not the original, the remake? No, I haven't. That was also a film that was terribly low budget. Um, I think they actually had a huge budget, but they fucked it up. They <laughs> filmed a scene that was so poorly lit that they didn't know what to do because it was so poorly lit. So they went and refilmed it. <laughs> they fucked it up again on the second oh, refilming. So they had no more budget to refilm it again. So they just put a green filter over the whole five minute scene. So it looked like night vision. Even oh. though no one is wearing night vision goggles, it's not explained in the film, and there's no reason for it to be night vision. They just went, well, fuck it. Let's just say it's night wow. vision. So I did respect this film for just being like, no, it's a dark film. <laughs> Even though this film has night vision goggles as a, <laughs> as a, a prop in it. And like, they could have thrown, I mean, I know they use a lot of predator vision, and I like the predator vision. I like, like, how it shifts through, like, I don't know, like filter by filter as he's looking at things. But I was like, I still can't see shit. And if I was a predator, I would never be able to see anything. Like, I don't know how this works for him. <laughs> Ugh, no, I don't. I don't. I I'm glad that you enjoyed it, though, Chris. I am. Yeah, and I, was, I was surprised how much fun I had with it. I like seeing a peek into the predator home world, even though it was brief. That was cool. That I liked. But uh, I think... yeah, I just liked how I just as I said how nihilistic the whole <laughs> thing was. 
My biggest complaint about both of the Alien versus Predators is that they're set on Earth. And I know that's probably was like the kooky thing at the time that like these ones are going to be set on Earth, but it really bugged me. I'm like, the thing I liked about the Alien films was that they were in space. So well, it kind of irked me. Originally, this was supposed to be in the future, wasn't it, Juan? But I guess they were concerned for budgetary issues. So they said, not you're yeah. going up to Vancouver and film this uh, present day. Yeah, they went, they went real cheap on this. And honestly, like, I wish they would have gone if they're going to start off like if that teaser scene at the end of AVP of like now we've got a hybrid predator alien if that matters I think it would have been so much cooler to just stay on the predator ship for this whole movie just go back to the roots of this back to alien Mm. all of this is going down on a ship and they're in a race against time to make sure the ship doesn't return home because an alien, they're like, we can't get back to earth with this. Like we'll blow ourselves up if we have to, I want to see that, but I guess reasonably you can't do that because predators don't talk. So you, you gotta have people. Otherwise this is a silent film. <laughs> like, it would have been like the star Wars holiday special with the Chewbacca <laughs> and his kids where they're just talking and no one has a bloody clue. Yeah. Yeah. They could just have like predator clicking and yeah. like, do you know what noises. I, I would watch that film if anyone wants to make an AVP free and set it like that. I'm down, <laughs> totally in. It could have, it could have been good. Like I would yeah. just read subtitles. It's yeah. fine. Like, sure, right? It, we're we're in a post-parasite world. We understand subtitles yes. now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 could have been good. I don't think they'll ever do it now, but it could have been good. Yeah, you know what? I'll never say never, because if there's still money in it, there's still money in it, and that's oh, sure. that's all this boils down to. Every everything since the first movie has just been we got to make that money, baby. Yeah, it's a business. That's why this run of films even exists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody lucked into it making a second one which never should have been good and it was good and now they can't stop making them <laughs> and uh man i guess i guess i have to applaud the the tenacity just mm-hmm. the no matter how many shitty ones they make they just keep making good ones or they just keep making more it's i guess good for them for not being deterred hey they made right? 90 mil on this thing it's not like it was uh a i know like the first one, the first AVP, you know, nobody other than me is like, ah, oh, so good. Like, it got really bad reviews, like really bad. Yeah. And they still went on because they're like, hey, we made bank. Who cares? And this one still made money. Like 2007, like that period of time was a weird time for film, though, because it was like all of the shitty parody movies and then all of these weird, oh, like, yeah. not even reboots or remakes, really weird low-budget reboots mm-hmm. and remakes. It was yeah. a strange time for the cinema. Yeah. There's some bad stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. not to offend Claire, I mean, all those Transformers movies, none of them are good. <laughs> Critically, none of them. They, they, you know, they all made a ton of money. Oh, mm-hmm. gotcha. And that's it. I genuinely do like the first one, but I love a teen film. I love like a high school romance. So like it ticks enough boxes for me, that first one. But yeah. after that, like I watched two, three and four and I'm like, now nah, you have more than lost the plot here. <laughs> <laughs> Bumblebee yeah. was cute. But again, you get that teen thing back yeah. into it. Yeah, it's definitely a high school movie. And like, Which, 
I felt like this film was trying to do. They tried mm. to make it a teen film, but then they also yeah. tried to make it an army film, and then they also tried to make it a cop film, and then they also tried to make it a redemption film. And it's almost like there was no one editing the script and saying, maybe you have too many characters. <laughs> that is one of my notes. So many characters. It's hard to keep yeah. track of everybody and what they're doing. And, and so then when they die, I was like, who was he again? Like, did I mm. care who they were? Yeah, every time yeah. somebody else popped in the screen, I was like, no, no, who's this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just victims. Yeah, there needed to be a lead character. There needed to be pick someone, either make it the pizza guy, mm-hmm. make it the guy coming back from prison, or make it the army veteran. Mm-hmm. Like, pick one of the three and make them our focus, because that was at least, I felt, in AVP, there was too, too many people for me. And I was like, who is what and what is who? But at least then, by the second half of the film, you knew she was our person. She was our final mm-hmm. girl, and we stuck with her. With yeah. this, it just never picked one. Yeah. No. No, and like, Okay, what do you, what do you guys think happened at the end? And Chris, let me know if it's if it's different in the unrated. Are they totally going to kill those people anyway? Like I didn't think so because I felt like where she was army, she mm. immediately put her gun down because she was like, if we don't comply, we'll be killed. Yeah. So I feel like she's like enough in the know that she would keep them safe by knowing the right words and maybe being able to like make a call to someone. That's a good point. They take like vets seriously apart yeah. from when it comes to like healthcare and shit yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i i agree with claire i think they make it also just maybe the case that hope hopefully one of them could be have been could have been impregnated by an alien too you always know you know they could be trying to grab hold of that weapon just in case anybody didn't make it out with a uh, new present and so the company at the end that was setting up the sequel that never happened were mm-hmm. they meant to be the company that then in Alien is like in charge of everyone? So th- this movie essentially like puts Yutani as I guess it was a separate company that merged with Wayland and it, that that they become Wayland Yutani, even though it doesn't make any sense because what they're giving to Miss Yutani is a predator weapon mm-hmm. and that has nothing to do with how it starts <laughs> in Alien. Like I I I don't really know what they were getting at. I I truly would love to know what they thought their sequel was going to be. Let's go to a convention. Let's get them on stage. Good idea. <laughs> I would think probably that the, the Predator maybe then come looking for its weapon. And then they run afoul of the fact that Yutani's already got like an alien egg or something. I, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, it's, it's really confusing because in AVP, essentially what happens is like Wayland gets the credit for the discovery of this, but he dies. I have no idea what information makes it back i presume as we talked about on the last episode that sanaa latham just dies out there in antarctica with just a sweater on because there's nobody there right. she'd be dead in 30 minutes um the predators just left her there <laughs> i did wonder why she didn't come back and that makes sense yeah like, why I think would they not bring died. the hero from the first <laughs> film back yeah i'm pretty sure she just died out there of exposure <laughs> like that was, yeah. she's not even got a coat on um so i i don't know it's also strange because this movie, it's like relatively modern, right? I don't think they say specific. Oh, actually, it should be specifically 
the same year as AVP and AVP. I think they say when it was, they think they say it's 2004 because it was a hundred years after all the people disappeared in 1904. So this movie is happening right after it is technically 2004 in it, but the predator has already come to earth several times (laughs) in the other predator movies that happened before this. So thousands of years before. Yeah. 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 And then in the predator standalone movies, Oh, you're like, talking about those. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were the 80s. So that's yeah. yeah. And so what? what is, I, I don't know what Miss Utani is getting at. I, I don't know. I feel like it was, uh, I don't know. It was just like <laughs> grasping for straws of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, the first AVP said the word Wayland like a hundred times. <laughs> so what if we say Utani just once? And they're like, oh, we nailed it. Like that's <laughs> got to be how they thought putting that scene together and i don't know what the point of it is supposed to be because i mean if franchise success has taught me anything it's that ending your film with people in suits in a boardroom saying things suspiciously that make no sense that'll get me excited for the next film (laughs) it seems to be working for all these other franchises they were ahead of their time maybe that's all the third one is is just the merger of the two companies (laughs) Yep, it's all behind the scenes corporate uh yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like the SEC, like all the filings. Maybe an IPO. Maybe maybe we get that. Yeah, it's, the gripping it's a gripping perspective scene. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. I'm very curious. It is so strange to have. Just never mind the idea of like merging these two characters. That comes from the comic books, but but the idea of there was no creativity with it to just be like, yeah, we'll set them when we're making them. Even though the original predator movies are in the eighties and the original alien movies are set hundreds, if not thousands of years in the future. I think it's just hundreds, but it's just, so you just find yourself stranded in the middle of a mess. (laughs) Just a mess. Yeah. And I think that's probably how everyone on set felt. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be. Got to be. I'm sure a lot of these people were just happy they had jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, 2007, shit was about to get bad. That's true. <sighs> I don't want to think about that. Did um, Alien versus Predators start that? Is it to blame? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't say 100% no. I, I, I can't rule it out. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else about this this film to cover before we get into Scouser's score corner? Oh, only one thing which I've noticed through the whole series. Um, so where I'm staying at the moment, there's a small kitten who's been watching a lot of the films with me. And she got freaked the hell out during the kind of final things where they were killing off the aliens and the predators. I wondered through your guys' research, do you know what the sound for the screams of the aliens and things were? Because it must be some sort of animal. I don't know. Because this oh. one specifically, she freaked out when like in the third act she was just like nope nope don't like this (laughs) so i'm like what who what we're using oh my god now man i want to know i don't know that's for your final episode you can go and do a deep dive (laughs) (laughs) yeah i gotta do some research now i'm assuming some type of chimp or monkey in some altered state i'm not i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah we would just like to know that's that's your task now 
I will accept my homework assignment. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right. Chris. Yeah. How do you, how's how's the score in the unrated version? Oh, I don't. It's not that different. At least nothing that I really noticed. I think one thing I appreciated about the at least the opening, which you would have heard at the beginning of this show, is a bit of the mashup of the alien and predator themes, and that kind of carries through the entire score, as well as they do borrow. I don't know if borrow is the right term, but they redo some of the stuff from Aliens. There's some Alien Three and Resurrection in here as well. So uh, the the uh, composer Brian Taylor, he's able to kind of pull from the prior films and try and mesh everything together. And I'd say he's relatively successful. I think the score for this one, I think, works much more than again again the generic one that was for uh, Alien vs Predator, which I just not I did not care for at all. It's still not not even close to the legendary status of Goldsmith's original score or James mm. Horner's for Aliens, but out of the ones we've watched so far i appreciated the melding of the prior pieces kind of to create this score it's okay it's i didn't hate it you know i don't think i'll ever listen to it again but (laughs) i didn't withdraw in horror like i did with the last one or actually the last one was dull and put me to sleep so (laughs) it's fine it's okay it's it's it's, i think an improvement over the last one but of course nothing i don't think any of them really are going to ever compete with the original alien score which is yeah. one of my all-time favorites yeah yeah uh all right let's see any anything else before we dive into favorite performances which oof. Uh, <laughs> anything else we're leaving out i got nothing i don't think no, we talked about ricky have... cricket <laughs> <laughs> we did we did uh so um Claire, would you like to go first for who your favorite performance in this film was? Yeah, so I will give it to, um, pronouncing this terribly, I'm sure, Rico Aylesworth, who played Kelly O'Brien, who is our returning war vet. Um, And honestly, I don't know if it was actually her performance or just because I recognized her from 24. (laughs) She was the only person on the screen that I had any sort of relationship to because Mm -hmm. their characters were barely 2D. Like, yeah. they were tracing paper thin. So, you know, I think just because I had a prior relationship with her, I was like, I know who she is. And, you know, <laughs> she kept her kid alive, which I really didn't expect her to do. So kudos for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie definitely was like, nobody is safe. Like, we will we will kill some kids. We will kill some pregnant ladies. We don't care. So, you know, Molly, her safety was not guaranteed. So, yeah. so good for good for Kelly. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I struggled mightily mm. with this at first. I, I had Molly because it was the only name I remembered. And then I was like, that's, that's not really a good reason. Um, so I'm going to go with, uh, Morales, who's our, our sheriff of this small town, because at least I understood what was going on with him. Most mm-hmm. of the time is, uh, I followed, I was aware of his presence and his purpose. Mm. So that's, that is the standout for me. Man, talk about getting burned, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta feel bad for him. Yeah. What I do you got, Chris? I, I know. I, it is really, it's... Like we said, there are no like characters in this film. There are just victims. No. And I, I, I'm close to leaning towards Claire's choice. I think Regal Aylesworth is the most engaging performance in the film, completely. 
I think she but, has the, the biggest arc, which is like still tiny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she had actually had some sensitive moments with her daughter, you know, struggling to mm-hmm. come back. And I just, I don't know. But I'm probably just going to do what I did last week. I'm going to go with you say Predator. Ian White. Yeah, the wolf yeah. Predator. I mean, he's just like last time where this is, is this an aliens or a Predator movie? This again is a Predator film. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the, the alien characters sure. are just ancillary kind of foes. They're just like animals. Like there, there's no personality to those creatures at all. No, like they're just obstacles and monsters, and there's there's nothing there. I I thought about picking our predator, yeah. but I couldn't see him most of the time, <laughs> yeah. so I had to not not go with him. I really wanted to, but I was like, honest to God, most of the time, all I saw were like lights on his suit. So I don't think that counts. So I couldn't, I couldn't choose him. But, but I respect the choice, Chris. Yeah, and another reason why too is unlike with Alien vs Predator, where he makes that pseudo kind of collaborative effort there with, with Lathan's character. You know, mm-hmm. shows her how to make a shield out of the head and the spear. With <laughs> in this one, they're back to just like Claire said. It's a more horror film. The Predator is really just, he's going to take out anybody that gets in his way, mm-hmm. right? So I kind of enjoyed that part aspect of it. And it's more, once again this unrelenting hunter. Instead of this, you know, you and I teaming up may be a good idea. Let's do this, you know, fist jab. It was much more of a, <laughs> I have some business to take care of and, you know, hell faces anybody who gets in my way. So, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess I'll go with uh, our uh, good buddy Wolf. <laughs> Wolf. Wolf. Wolf the Predator. I like it. There you go. Okay. Ooh. So... Now it is time to rate this film. Uh, again, for all of our alien movies, we rate them on a scale of one to five eggs. Uh, half eggs are permitted. Um, Claire, <laughs> how would you rate AVPR? I'm going two eggs. I was originally going 2.5 and then today I woke up and was like, no, no, I couldn't see <laughs> half of it. It's like, just because I liked it more than the other one doesn't mean it was a good film. <laughs> so I put it, I gave, I gave it two, two X. One to the alien, one to the predator. <laughs> Very nice. I like that. I like that. Uh, for, for myself, um, I, I will give it one egg because it exists and because I got to see just even a glimpse of the Predator's home planet, which was had major Stargate vibes, and I liked that. So, one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So, I feel like I have three different grades that I want to give it, right? That's yeah. part of the issue. So, we yes. have the theatrical cut. Which is yeah. basically like a two, I think, for me. Maybe even a one and a half, probably. There is the version of it in the franchise. Compared to all Alien movies, then mm-hmm. I would max out at a three. But as an independent kind of just trash horror <laughs> film, it's a four. Hands down. Oh. Yeah, I mean... It, I need to watch this other version. Yeah, it's... I just had a blast with it. So I've, I've got, I'll probably wow. go right down the middle then and just go three. I'll go, okay. uh, but I'm focusing on the unrated cut. If I'm if I'm bound to theatrical, it's probably yeah. one and a half too. Yeah, yeah. But that yeah. that unrated version is, is enough to escalate it to me to a three. Man, I'm gonna have to watch it. See what you've done, Chris. Sorry <laughs> about that. Now watch. You're both gonna watch it and go. Christmas was even worse. What the hell is wrong with you? 
It's got all the things uh, wrong with the, the original film. It fixes a couple things logistically. And like I said, it's just much more violent. I am immensely curious. And yeah. if it is worse, I will blow you up on Twitter, Chris. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. So, <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of Twitter, Claire, where can our lovely listeners find you on Twitter, out in the, the podcast universe, all that? Where can they find you? Um, so you can find me specifically at Claire Ellen Hope, uh, Claire without an I. Um, and then you can find our, my podcast with my co-host Daisy at WRatedPod um, on Twitter and Instagram. We um, have had a break that was meant to last like a month that has lasted seven months. <laughs> um, but I have five episodes on my computer that I just need to edit and release. Ooh. So maybe by the time this comes out, yeah. I'll have released one. Yeah. <laughs> but we promise we will one day release them. I'm just awesome. tired. I mean, you've you've sat through so many, so many rough films. So, right, yeah. you know, yeah. we need to hear it. We need to know, especially for the ones that I don't want to watch. I human just want to hear you talk too? about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, my human centipede two experience was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. That's that's an interesting episode for everyone to hear. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Don't sit on that. You got to get that content out. <laughs> you don't want to put yourself through that and then not unleash it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Then I have to relive it again. <laughs> you really should work your ass off and release that for Christmas Day. What oh, do. what a gift for everyone. We do release on Saturdays as well. Ooh. <laughs> I love it. Um, so thank you again, Claire. Yeah, thank you so much. You, you were so thorough with your homework. You watched all of the all of the things. So and we gave you some some real shit to work with. So it's so more, thank you. <laughs> and now like do what do I go to the prequels so I can keep up with you guys? I'm like, do I want to do that to myself? I'm I'm I mean. at a crossroads. <laughs> I don't think yeah. Juan has seen the, the. You haven't seen the next couple, right? Nope. That's nope. we only have two left, huh? Shit! Wow, yeah. this is, is it Prometheus and Covenant. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So it's the I will. Films. Spoilers: <laughs> They're a little better than uh, the AVP films. So there'll be a lot more to talk about, I think, with those. I uh, so I'm excited. Uh, to dive into those because people have very strong opinions about them. Mm. So I'm, I'm curious to see how I feel about them. I'm curious to just see them. So uh, it should be fun stuff. Um, we will, we will continue. Those are our next two episodes coming up that we obviously have not recorded yet because <laughs> I still haven't seen those movies, but you can follow us on Twitter at screen run. You can email us at screenrunfun at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. And all of the episodes are available at screenrun.fun. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review or a five-star rating and a review, please. Pretty please. It helps the show so much. Uh, please, I, I beg of you. Um, and yeah, uh, you can follow Chris at CG Scalzo. I'm at the Lady One on Twitter. And we will have polls up on... Uh, our favorite performances so you can tell us who's right uh mm. we want to know what you think of these and I, i'm obviously going to make a poll that is which is better avp or avpr since uh we've we've got differing different takes here yes. so yeah <laughs> and then also that you're gonna have to include avpr like directors oh yeah, no. underrated. yeah doubt where it's gonna get complicated it's gonna be good though <laughs> <laughs>
go. Claire, thank you so much. It was a Thank blast. you for having me. Yes, thank you. Chris, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourselves, and we will see you all soon. Bye. Bye.